Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. It is me. I am back. It has been a while. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this is part two of Sierra. Um, I'm going to try and keep this going again. Um, if only I could finish things that I start, hey. I uh, hope everyone's well. Um, I hope. <sighs> yeah, I don't really know. Anyway, here's part two. Um, Okay, bye. This podcast is partnered with Downcast Apparel, tattoo-inspired, eco-friendly clothing. I actually own some Downcast Apparel clothing myself, uh, as well as some badges, and I just can't recommend them enough. You can find them on Instagram at Downcast Apparel or on their website, www.downcastapparel.com. welcome to the Tourette's podcast. I'm Tara and I may or may not have Tourette's. In September 2020, I developed vocal and motor tics after an emotional trigger. So now I'm undergoing referrals to see what is happening in my brain. Each episode, I'll be speaking to a guest as we discuss mental health, Tourette's and everything in between. Warning, this will most likely contain swearing and discussions about sensitive topics. Now, on to that conversation, if you don't mind talking about it, I was going to say... Oh, absolutely. With, uh, you know, coming out as... So, obviously, I'm bisexual, as, well, as you know. Um, you know, coming out and things. Um, was was that a massive cause of anxiety for you? Or did you just do it? Did you feel happy? Did you come out when you wanted to? Like, you know, yeah. I, I came out... So late. It's only been like a couple years mm-hmm. since I've done that that I think that I'd gotten to a point where I didn't care as much anymore mm-hmm. what people thought of it. I mean, it was huge anxiety at first, and for a long time I thought I was pan. I wasn't sure. And, of course, that's just sexuality in general, mm-hmm. being, a, being a little like there's four or five of these that I could fit under that you just kind of have to live your life and help Realize, that determine yeah. it. And I just remember being like, I don't even care anymore what people think. You know, I know who I am, and that's at the end of the day what's important, and I think I got lucky doing that at an at a older age. My roommate um, is gay, and his boyfriend lives here, and, you know, he we talk about it. You know, he had a harder time because people, he's a little bit more effeminate, so people know. People knew when he was younger. And that was more difficult. He got really lucky having the mother that he had who supported him no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not everybody gets that. And it is hard mm-hmm. to think about Yeah, the idea of changing somebody's perception of you. Mm-hmm. That's anxiety in your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, so when you, when you came out, did you feel like that had kind of eased your anxiety? Or do you think that it kind of just heightened it because of what you know, whatever reason? I think for me, it's sort of a mixture because, like, I feel better about it because 
I know that, like, being bisexual is who I am, and I don't care. But then there's the anxiety that comes from people, what people say about bisexual people. And anytime you tell anybody you're bisexual, if you go on a date with them, they're like, oh, just like that, oh, that noise they make where you're just like, what is that? Yeah, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah. Oh, oh, what are yeah. you going to say after that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, and it's, I, you know, you get, I don't know, I've gotten so many more sexual jokes coming out as bisexual, specifically from straight men. Oh, yeah. Who are like, oh, I see with two girls, and I'm like, this is not the way to go with this, and, you know, I don't, I don't need it. We don't need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I, I completely agree. I've been, I've, I mean, I've been out for a very long time now. I think I came out when I was, like, 20, I think, so that's, like, a good mm-hmm. seven years or whatever, um, and I think I've kind of just... For me, it was never this massive, like, turmoil in my head. I, like, I always knew. I came out in such a nonchalant way. Like, I came out on a podcast mm-hmm. with my friend Damien, who's gay, and my friend Davey, who's gay. Um, they did a mental health podcast like we're doing, but like I'm doing, yawn. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was it literally, I was just like, yeah, bye. And then that's how I came out, because it was just so, like, yeah. whatever, like, yeah. Um, and that caused me less anxiety, I think, from just saying it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, almost, like, nature versus versus nurture kind of thing, mm-hmm. that you grew up. And I grew up, we were very religious when I was a kid. We went to church every Sunday. We went to church every Wednesday. We were always there on Saturday setting things up. Like, mm-hmm. we, we went to church. Yeah. And I don't believe in God at this point. And that's because okay. I've grown and been able to nurture myself into society and understand more things and do a lot more research and be able to make my own decisions and that's what it is you grow up and you start to nurture yourself rather than being nurtured by the people raising you and you start to question society yeah yeah 100 um so that's really interesting because i was not raised uh, Christian mm-hmm. or uh, religious or yeah. whatever. Um, I don't. Again, speaking for myself, I don't think that's a bigger thing. I think it's a massive thing in America to be Christian, mm-hmm. to be religious, whatever. Um, some of my family are Catholic because they're Irish. Other than yeah. that, um, there's. I never even. No. At, at primary school, we used to have to sing. You know. Christian songs, whatever, but it was never yeah. like, forced upon you to be a certain religion mm-hmm. or whatever. So religion is something that um, is very uh, disconnected from me. I, mm-hmm. I have never believed in God. I remember, literally, I when I was like four years old, being in an assembly, not four years old, I was probably like seven, that's a lie. I, yeah, I was like seven, like having to sing these hymns, and I'm just like, these are fun stories. Like, oh, yeah. I like just not believing that it was true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and um, I don't know whether that was because I was told, like, you know, I wasn't religious. I never went to church. Never did that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like um, religion and stuff is. Oh my god, this is so much more um, deep. <laughs> Than just mental health. We're like oh, we're politics, yeah. religion. I'm talking about mental health. Um, but no, I feel like religion is such a massive um, thing because in my and I'm going to offend people that are religious right now. 
Hello, editing Tara here. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to put this in. Um, I think I had a couple of ciders and I think I went on a little bit of a rant. Um, as long as you're not hurting anyone, do what you want to do. Um, peace. Peace and love. To me, when, when my parents got divorced, obviously I was, I mean, there. I have people that I went to school with that would tell you I was the worst when my parents were getting divorced. I was selfish and terrible, and looking back on that, I'm like, I was depressed, but okay. How old were you? Like, I was 16, and I was, my, my brother's two years older than me, and he had already moved out of the house, so I was like the only one dealing with it. I was definitely lonely. None of my friends had dealt with anything like this. I was the only one in my friend group, and I was confused and angry, and to me, looking back on it now, I'm understandably, I was angry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was coming. My mom woke me up a couple of days after Christmas and was like, so you and I, after we get back from Florida, are going to move out, mm-hmm. and that was how that went, yeah. so that, for me, is sort of the, the big trigger in my depression. Mm-hmm. Because I've always had anxiety. I've always been a little quieter and a little introverted, and everything's always kind of scared me a little bit more. Um, But that was the big trigger in the depression for me. And then it just spiraled. We moved, like, nine or ten times in, like, three years. I was, you know, my mom was struggling to make ends meet. I was working a job and also trying to go to school and trying to determine what I wanted to do with my life because that was important. Which it's not. <laughs> you don't have to know what you're going to do when you're like at 18. Yeah, no. Um, I'm not doing the same thing and, I ever thought I would do. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I was in, you know, I started to self-harm and that was a really rough time for me. I, um, I remember coming home from living with Caroline and that was sort of to me a, a, a failure for me because I only lived with Caroline for like six months mm-hmm. and then it I had to quit one of the jobs I was working because every day I would drive home and I would just be in tears mm-hmm. I was so unhappy and so stressed out and it just one day my mom came and got me and that was the end of that and I felt you know at 20 I would have been 20 I would have been 21 maybe um, I have to go back and actively look, but I feel like it was either 20 or 21. Yeah. And coming home to people I just left, people I just said goodbye to, was like the biggest failure in the world for me. And so I started to self-harm because it was the easiest way to get that out. Mm-hmm. And that, I spent several years doing that, and that coincided with the eating disorder. And, you know, I would not eating, I was working a lot, I was drinking a lot, I was cutting myself, I was just trying to, at that point I feel like you're just trying to feel something but not feel anything. Yeah, you're trying to numb it, but also, yeah. Yeah, you want to feel something good and numb all the bad, and Mm -hmm. honestly it doesn't work that way, which you would know, Um, and it, this sort of tug of war with yourself and um not too long after I turned 21 I was sexually assaulted and that to me was another failure on my part 
which is, it's crazy the, the and looking back on me, I'm 28, so I have a lot more perspective now. I mean, obviously not a lot, because I'm still only 28, but it, there's so many things in life, specifically in our generation, because of the way that we were brought up in the society that was still brought up in, especially in America, we say don't know as much about it over there, but every we're, we're all almost raised Christians if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every corporation is run by Christians. All of this is made by Christians. You know, your Christmas songs are all done by the Christians, and you need to listen to this music and do that. And Which is why, like, you know, being gay was not acceptable until, like, I don't know, two weeks ago? I don't know. <laughs> the world is weird. Yeah. But it, everything felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. And that is mentally exhausting to continue to look at yourself and be like, I have failed at everything. I didn't finish college. I, you know, couldn't live by myself for, I you know, I literally more than have months. gone through the exact same thing. I, I dropped mm-hmm. out of uni, which is college for you. Um, I bought a flat on my own and I was there and then just failed of that, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fail, but I just wasn't looking after the flat properly. I was really depressed. Um, I was the worst I've ever been like in that thing. And I would say that exactly what you've just said, the failing of it is probably the worst thing. But I look back on that now and I'm just like, I was like 20 years old. Like, of course I Mm -hmm. can get flat on my own. Like, fuck off. Like, I wouldn't even like, do you know what I mean? I'm only, I'm like only now just feeling comfortable like I'm saving up to buy a house I'm doing all this stuff and like mm-hmm. even then I'm still a bit like that's terrifying <laughs> you know what I mean like it, yeah it, you know. no yeah and, and I 100%. think and I think that um one of the things I kind of uh, really helped me like to cope through those times where you know the failings and stuff was just to kind of be like doing the best I can everyone mm-hmm. moves differently um yeah. I you know that's it really do you know what I mean like you're doing yeah. the best you can and um there's not much else you can do other than that and um yeah I tell myself I can't look at now obviously I tell myself I can't look at anything that's happened to me in the past as a failure everything I have gone through everything that has happened to me has been a stepping stone mm-hmm. and a learning opportunity yeah and that's an important realization yeah. because everything that has happened to me has made me who I am. Yeah. And it could, you know, that could not be that great right now, but yeah, you know, and again, that's just, well, what's the next learning opportunity? Yeah. I definitely think, I think stuff like, like, you know, negative experiences and stuff. I think a lot of people were taught to kind of just be like, you survived it, come on, you're better than that. And it's like, well, actually, as soon as I started to accept what happened uh, in my past and my whatever, um, as soon as I started to accept that and be like, yeah, okay, sometimes I still get sad about that. Sometimes um, I still have night terrors about that. Sometimes I still have this. And as soon as I started to be like, accepting of it and understand it and to kind of acknowledge it and be like I have this because of this and that's okay 
sometimes mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable doing this, sometimes I get triggered by this, that's okay. And I think a lot of people kind of, especially within mental health, like I've said, pretty much every podcast I've made is, uh, you know, it's not researched enough. So I think a lot of people kind of feel like they have to do this thing where they're like, oh, I've got through this bad thing happening to me. I'm great. Look at me go. I'm a survivor. When actually, it's not the case at all. Most of the time, you're you're fucking down. And that is okay. You're allowed to be sad. Like, allow yourself to be sad. Allow yourself to have that time. Like, me, like, Ed's, like, great for that. Because when I have my down days, and I'm just like, I need you to stay in bed. Like, I don't want to get disturbed. I want you to bring me food. I want my blankets around me. Do you know what I mean? And he's yeah. just like, yeah, cool. Because I know yeah. I've now learned to recognize what I need from that. And that's like yeah. a really good coping mechanism for me. Um, and yeah, so what I like, you know, what are your coping mechanisms? Do you have any coping mechanisms that you think work for you in terms of anxiety? I mean- and I think a lot of it is just, I, I am somebody who I feel very strongly that if you need to cry, you should cry. If you need to yell, you should yell. If you need to be angry, you should do it because I feel that living in those emotions is the best way, as long as you're not hurting anybody, to sort of expel that energy. Like when I'm sad, I get in my car and I listen to music that I know is going to make me cry because I am like, I need to cry. I want to to do it because it will let all of that emotion out and then I can sort of like reconstruct. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can go in my room and lay under my blankets and reconstruct. Yeah. Yeah. I think hug myself in. Yeah. 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 I think that definitely because I like, I think a lot of people, like I said, are taught to not learn how to deal with their emotions. So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. you're sad. Stop being sad. Like why the why why are you being sad? Like oh you're depressed. Like just make yourself happy. Go for a walk. Do whatever. And mm-hmm. you know I think as soon you know like I said as soon as I realised that um, I was gonna be sad and I allowed myself to be sad, I actually recovered a lot quicker. Like when I listened mm-hmm. to my own body and I listened to my own mind. Like I spent a lot of my time being like. I wish I wasn't depressed, I wish I wasn't angry, I wish I wasn't <laughs> yeah. this, I wish I wasn't that, and then, you know, and when I started to change that mindset to being like, well, I am depressed, so what What am I going to do about it, I can't do anything about it, yeah. like, and I'm, I mean, I'm very privileged, like, um, you know, I can't work anymore, because, like, my Tourette's and things like that, Um, so I'm in a very privileged position, like, I live in a house that my boyfriend's parents own so incredibly privileged to you know kind of be like I'm able to have those days where I don't want to do anything that I'm allowed to do that you know um so I I understand that but I also think I think I was still doing that regardless like even before like not as much as I am now I was never looking after myself as much as I am now because I'm in a safe place and I'm in a comfortable place I'm in a better position in life but, you know, it was a couple of years ago when I was just like, well, I don't want to, I, I need to just go and sit in my bed and cry. Just do it. Like, just do yeah. it. Like, that's it. Like, you just, you're allowed to feel upset. And, I, and yeah, I, I think a lot of people are taught that they're not, which is sad. Specifically, I think what's important is as we get more 
willing to talk about mental illness and more willing to do research on it. We need to say what we're saying and say it to men specifically. Yeah. Because men, I just feel like they're still being told they're not allowed to cry. Oh, yeah, They're still being told they should not feel emotions and they should not express emotion. And I'm like, no, just go. If you have to do it in your room, do it in your room. But go cry. Go, like, feel things. That's important because we, we can't. You know, obviously, well, but I think that's, you know, but there are men in power who want to continue to say that women are emotional, and they're doing it by telling men they can't be emotional. Mm-hmm. That's why they have the ability to say, well, women are really emotional. Yeah. It's because men don't show emotion because you tell them it's not okay. I think we all need to be is, you know, if you don't feel comfortable yet being emotional in public that's fine yeah. come sit with me we'll have a couple of drinks we'll eat some cake and we will cry yeah exactly. like and that's yeah. important I think that as women we have to be willing to be the backboard for that yeah because that will then you know they'll feel more comfortable doing it because more of their women friends will let them do it and then they'll yeah. start to sort of do it with their guy friends and yeah. and then it just becomes the norm yeah. that's how we change things yeah, yeah, yeah. um because you know, mental illness, it affects everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and every single person, whether they have a mental illness or not, it affects everybody. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, their brothers, sisters, friends, mothers, mm-hmm. you know, everyone. Um, is is there anything that you would like to ask moi? Uno I, numero. I do. I do, do. I do have a couple questions. Because, okay. um, obviously, I don't know a lot about Tourette's. I did a little bit of research. Um, obviously, I know what is showed in movies, which is not factual, yeah. it seems. Um, which is typically true of anything showed in movies is typically not factual, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what we've all learned. Um, but on that, I kind of wanted to mm-hmm. ask you what, obviously, I know you're not diagnosed yet, but what you, what are some of the biggest, even from people who are, like, really close to you, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about Tourette's that you've had people, like, say things to you about or that you've noticed? Hello, everybody. It's recording, editing Tara again. Um, The pros of being able to uh, come back and edit this uh, thing from about five months ago means that um, I can change it. And my answer to this question um, isn't what I feel anymore. I must have been in a state of mind uh, this evening, that evening I did it, um, where I felt like people were, a lot of people were laughing at me and didn't understand. Um, So basically my answer to uh, Sierra's question um, just came across like I was really mad at loads of people laughing at me, and even including my friends. Um, And the point that I was trying to say didn't get across uh, correctly, so by the magic of deleting I am deleting my answer to this um and gonna be saying um uh yeah that what I meant anyway was that um the strangest thing is uh misconceptions the strangest thing is um I don't really know uh basically if I'm honest with you I think um in the past I kind of felt like I should have an answer for this um but I don't I don't know what people think of me I think I had a conversation at the the weekend um in my book club um saying I think the hardest thing for me is not being able to give first impressions anymore because I will always be the girl with ticks I'll always be the girl that probably told you to fuck off 
um, or, you know, the weirdo punching herself in the face. Um, and so that's probably the hardest thing, the hardest misconception. Is that a misconception? I don't know. That's the hardest thing to deal with anyway, uh, is uh, I, I, I was always a person that was quite in control. Um, and I liked to have uh, my own way of presenting myself. And now I no longer have that. So um, I'm going to have that as my answer rather than me going, everyone laughs at me. Ha 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 ha. Something must have happened. <laughs> that day for me to say that because uh, I actually don't really feel like that I love it when my friends laugh at me um, laugh with me I suppose actually um, makes me feel more comfortable um, so yeah I don't know if that answers the question but then yeah when it, the fact that I can't give first impressions anymore that's my biggest thing um, anyway yeah uh, I think it's going to be wrapping up now anyway so um, cool that's what I try and do, you just kind of normalise it and show different aspects. It's not just me, there are many people on TikTok, yeah. on YouTube, on Instagram that are doing this. And I think that the more people, the better that kind of show mm -hmm. that it's not that. Yeah. And trying to We're lucky we live in a, a you know, content-heavy world now. Because yeah. I feel like things become more normal yeah. the more people see them. Mm -hmm. And we're just making it easier for younger people to look at it and be like oh she's just yeah yeah she's checking 100 yeah. yeah okay i'm gonna let you go and have your dinner now i'm yeah. sorry i've kept you for so long i didn't even realize no it's great it's been like two hours <laughs> i've <laughs> had a very good time yeah, me i too. didn't even notice what time it was yeah it's uh i mean it's 20 past 11 for me i don't know what time it is for you uh 6 uh okay is a lot later for me. <laughs> um, yes. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry that I kept you late. No, 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 no. It's fine. I, I would probably, I mean, I say probably, I would definitely still be up. So it's fine. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything else you would like to say or you okay? Um, Just be informed, everybody. Do your research. That's good. Talk to people. Yes. Be informed and be kind. Be formed and be kind. Yes. Spread love. I think that's important. Spread love. Yeah, spread love. <laughs> Thank you so Coming much for talking to me. I love you lots. Thank you, Tara. I love you. I will speak to you definitely very soon. We'll have a little meet yeah. up with everyone. The yeah, we need to have group day. Yes. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is partnered with Downcast Apparel, tattoo-inspired, eco-friendly clothing. I actually own some Downcast Apparel clothing myself, uh, as well as some badges, and I just can't recommend them enough. You can find them on Instagram at Downcast Apparel or on their website, www.downcastapparel.com.